This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Let me tell you about Built Bar, everybody's yeah. favorite protein bar. Well, not everybody's. The people who make other protein bars that taste like sawdust probably, you know, probably aren't saying, you know what my favorite bar is, uh, even though it probably be true. It's Built Bar. If, you, uh, if you're looking for something that is healthy, low in carbs, low in calorie, uh, and doesn't taste like sawdust mixed with a Dow chemical plant, let me tell you, Built Bar is your bar. They've got, uh, what, nine different flavors. They're really, really good. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, uh, and only four grams of net carbs. And you can't beat that, especially when you couple it with the taste. There's nothing like it. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. You're going to save 15% off your first order. Again, promo code BEC15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, a very special Glenn Beck program where Glenn discovers that he's got a neighbor kid that's just moved in and the laughs ensue. Don't miss a very special episode next. So you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and you ask me, Hey, will you do a show? Will I do a show? I'll do a show for you today, but someday I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to ask you for a favor. I might say, Hey, can you do a show? You're going to do it for me. You understand what I'm saying? So we're going to do a show. And we're going to do a funny show. We're going to do an informative show. We're going to do the show you can't refuse. In 60 seconds. With very special guest, Joe Biden. Ice cream. We're going to ask him some very important questions like, how many scoops, Joe? <laughs> There's one that the press won't ask. You know, I love hearing from people with their experiences with American financing. Listen to what David had to say. He wrote in and said, it was just as advertised. And if my screen hadn't have just doubled up all of the information, I would be able to read the rest of that. And now you won't know the rest of the story. Uh, oh, wait a minute. It's starting to come through halfway there, halfway there. Nope, not going to happen. Um, anyway, uh, he was um, uh, listening to the program. I'm guessing here. I'm just I'm just riffing. And he said, you know, what I really love is Glenn Beck. And 
when Glenn says stuff, I think it's so deep, so profound that I just have to do it. And so I called American Financing. And yeah, they were great. Not as great as Glenn. Uh, yeah, they were they were effective and saved me money, but not as much as Glenn Beck has over the years. I'll tell you, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Oh, here it is. It just came back on my screen. Blah, blah, blah. He said all that, I'm sure. And they reduced his interest rate and changed his 30-year fixed loan to a 20-year fixed at a lower payment. But what about me? What did I do? What did I do? Uh, the whole process started on the 1st and closed on the 21st of the same month. Great job. Other people, other people, other people. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Glenn, you're the best. I'm sure it says that someplace else. Anyway, American Financing is where you can find uh, somebody that will really help you out and save you a buttload of money. Call 800-906-2440. 800 or go to net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, hello, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Welcome to the program. Should, oh my gosh, am I good. We should note that tomorrow you go on vacation. And tomorrow I go on vacation. I haven't even thought of that. Yeah. And judging by yeah. your mental mm-hmm. state right now, it seems like per- perhaps you're already you're already on vacation. I'm already on <laughs> I'm already on the virtual beach. Really? (laughs) I wouldn't have noticed that. Hey, I've got a lot to say today. Uh, Let me start with Kevin McCarthy. Um, You know, Kevin McCarthy was speaking yesterday, and a lot of the Democrats just love what he had to say. Um, He says Democrats are desperate to pretend their party has progressed from their days of supporting slavery pushing Jim Crow laws, and supporting the Klan. But today, the Democratic Party have simply uh, replaced the racism of the Klan with the racism of critical race theory. Mm. Uh, Just a few years ago, Vice President Joe Biden praised Democratic Senator Robert Byrd, who was, I think, the Grand Dragon. Wasn't he, Stu? Was he the Grand Dragon? Grand? Uh, I know he was. What was he? he He won an award for his ability to recruit the most people into the KKK, which I always thought was great. It wasn't just that he was a racist. Is that, he a, actually, is that serious? He yeah, did. he actually brought people across the line, people who hadn't yet considered getting into the KKK. Mm-hmm. He talked them into joining That's the Ku Klux Klan. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to throw a fact on the table, what the hell? I will, too. He wasn't the Grand Wizard. He was the exalted Cyclops mm. of the Ku Klux, Klu- Ku Klux Klan, which uh, I've always wanted to be the who exalted gave, Cyclops. I guess my only question would be who <laughs> gave his eulogy? You know, was there anyone notable? Oh, my gosh. Who eulogized Oh, you're kidding him? me. Really? Yeah. I, I, I have that answer for you. It would be Joe Biden. And in his eulogy, he said, for a lot of us, he was a friend, a mentor Mm. and a guide. Mm. A guide. That's That's an interesting because people who were not in the KKK were guided into the KKK by Robert Byrd. And now. So in other words, what you're saying is he found a way to get people who may not have been racist to be racist. Yeah. Uh, he would convince them. He would get there and they'd say, wait a minute, you don't think black people are inferior? You should think that. Join me. And that was wow. one of the things you know he was so most crazy. known for. Total coincidence here. Total coincidence. Mm. 
you know, that guide that that Joe Biden said, you know, I look to as a guide. Now, Joe Biden is guiding people into thinking maybe maybe they are racist. Maybe I am a racist. Isn't that great? Mm. And then he's segregating people, you know, whites and blacks, which is totally different than what Robert Byrd did and all the other racists. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, Joe Biden is taking all of the greatest racist presidents and he is using all of their tactics. Let me give you some examples. You know how people say that, oh, all the Democrats that were racist, all those Southern Klansmen, they went to the Republican Party. Okay. I'd like you to give me the name of one. By the way, you can use Google. Usually you're like, well, can you name 10? No, just give me one and you can phone a friend. You can phone Google. Give me the name of one Southern racist Democrat that left the Democratic Party because of the Civil Rights Act and became a Republican. I could wait, but I don't have to because the answer is zero. None of them did it. So now what happened to all those crazy? Well, what happened to the exalted Cyclops of the Klan when Robert Byrd was a Democrat? And then all of a sudden they changed and they were like, we like black people. We're going to help them out with a great society. What did the Grand Cyclops do? He, of course, got up and went to work as a Democrat and the Grand Cyclops every day. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, and we should note, Glenn, that we you can't summarize Robert Byrd's career just based on what he did when he was in the KKK and was recruiting people. That would be completely unfair. Sure. He eventually did leave the KKK, and years after he left, he, he totally changed his outlook on African Americans and race in general. And let me just give you a quote from that era, if I could. Just, yeah, just give me a, throw down a just, fact just, on the table. Yeah, because I want people to understand it wasn't all KKK life for Robert Byrd. There was a totally Amen, different era, brother. Like after he right. left the KKK, he wrote a letter. Quote: Rather, I should die a thousand times and see old glory trampled in the dirt, never to rise again than to see this beloved land of ours become degraded by race mongrels. And I thought that, oh. that there was such passion in that after he left yeah. the KKK. And I thought it was just... Well, so I think cool. we're all... I think we're all on the same race mongrel page, mm. aren't we? Mm. Yeah. If um, you're in the Democratic mm. Party, well, maybe not the some are. Same way. Yeah. Okay, so everybody says... What happened? When did the Democrats, how did the Democrats do that? How did they make the Republican Party, the one that was for the Civil Rights uh, uh, Act, how did they switch everything around? A hundred years, about 165 years, or I mean, 115 years of, of getting along, being cool, uh, the Republicans leading the way, with uh, marching with black people for freedom and everything else. How did they switch that in the 1960s? Well, they did it quite easily. They did it with a compliant press. They did it with uh, saying a lie over and over and over again. And people just started to to buy it. But they also switched the tables immediately. 
immediately after it happened, while it was still fresh in people's minds. Well, they still went, wait a minute, Johnson, you stopped the Civil Rights Act five years ago. What are you doing now? You still use the N-word. We know that you're a racist. What are you saying now? Well, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Now, listen to me, because this is what I'm saying. Now, what I'm saying is that I love black people and race mongers. I love them. I love them. And I'm going to care for them. I'm going to squeeze them so tight, so tight. It's because I love them so much. Some people say I'm choking them to death, but no, no, no. I just love them so much. I just go hug them. Uh-huh. And you know one other thing? It's those Republicans that were standing against the Civil Rights Act. I'll tell you that right now is the Republicans. Wait a minute. I... It just happened. It wasn't the Republicans. It was you guys. I'm just so busy hugging you racist for saying that. I'm hugging these black people right now. Okay. What's happening? What's happening right now with the Democrats? What are they saying about defund the police? We all know that it is the Democrats that wanted to defund the police. We all know it was Republicans saying, bad idea. But what are they doing? They're coming out now and saying, it's those, I'll tell you what right now, it's those, it's those Republicans that wanted all them police to be shot up, burning down our cities. <laughs> we stood against it. I'd like to debate this right now, but I'm so busy hugging black people right now, just hugging them so hard. It's the same thing. What did Woodrow Wilson do? Woodrow Wilson did two things that stand out to me. He sent out squads that were propaganda squads. They were called Minutemen. And they would go into parks and they would shout down anybody that was saying anything different. And then they would tell you what the administration was doing. Well, those Minutemen squads are now on cable news. And they're louder than anybody else. And they're just telling you the way it is. And the way it was, was Marxism. It was socialism. It was early 20th century progressivism. It was eugenics. It was we can build a better person through science. All of the same stuff is going on. Oh, the other thing he did, he also tapped the phone lines and and uh, and monitored all of the mail using the U.S. Postal Service to go through people's mail to go through uh, and uh, listen to their phone calls and conversations because he deemed them to be extremist. But he also did it to his own people. He did it to Congress. He did it to elected officials. He wanted to hear what the elected officials were saying to the press. He wanted to know what the press was saying. Now, does that sound familiar? Nothing has changed. He is Woodrow Wilson. This is Woodrow Wilson's dream. He's Woodrow Wilson the last year when Woodrow Wilson was like, You take the slurping sound away and you have, He's the same guy. Now, let me give you one more. Yesterday, the energy secretary, 
said that we're not sure about what happened in the Florida building collapse. Can we play Jennifer Granholm here? Do you think that that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse? Well, obviously, we don't know fully, but we do know that that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, but all around. Um, You know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, Mm. you know, we've seen the loss of beaches because the the waters are rising. So, you know, this is a phenomenon that will continue, whether it will have to wait to see what the analysis is for this building but yeah. the issue about resiliency yeah. and making sure we adapt to this changing climate that's going to mean levees need okay, to be stop. built okay so levees need to be built this infrastructure has to be passed now let me take you back in history with uh, Woodrow Wilson Woodrow Wilson hey listen to me We're, and you won't go to war world war 1 not on my watch i'll tell you that right now vote for me and all your wildest dreams will be fulfilled then what happened the germans bombed a munitions plant that was on the coast of new jersey it was right across from liberty island so the the uh, Statue of Liberty had barely gone green. She's still young. The Germans come in a U-boat, and uh, was it a U-boat, or I think it was, no, it was just sabotage, I think. I don't know, you'll have to look that up. But the Germans come in, and they blow this munitions plant up. It breaks windows for hundreds of miles. It reads like a three on the Richter scale uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. All right, it pierces the chest of the Statue of Liberty. It cracks the arm. That's why you can't go up into the Statue of Liberty because of this huge terrorist attack that you've never heard of. Now, why haven't you heard about Black Tom? You haven't heard about Black Tom because Woodrow Wilson couldn't let it be known that that was a foreign terrorist attack because he needed to be elected. So what did he do? He flipped it around and used it for his purpose. He said it was these greedy capitalists that didn't have this thing secure. They didn't care about safety. They didn't care about the workers, the neighborhoods. They didn't care about anything except making money off of munitions. Any of this sound familiar? That's exactly what Granholm is doing right here. Except she's we're going to let that we're going to let the science speak for itself. But that collapse, uh, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, you know, we don't have all the facts in, but we do know climate change is going to be doing this, and that's why we need to pass the infrastructure bill. I'm telling you that Joe Biden will go down as one of the most racist, the most. Um, uh, the biggest propagandist since Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson wanted to change things fundamentally, and he did. And now Joe Biden is finishing the job. Not on my watch. Not on the day of my daughter's wedding. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, you're not asking me for that favor today. Okay, here we go with Patriot Mobile. We all have to hang together, or as Franklin said, we'll hang separately. Patriot Mobile is on our side. They're the only Christian conservative uh, mobile phone company out there. My gosh, can you imagine Verizon saying, 
And we're a Christian conservative phone company. They'd burst into flames. They would set themselves on fire before they would say that. They want nothing to do with Christian conservatives. So why are we paying them every month when you can get the same service? In fact, I think better. They have bigger coverage. They have the the best coverage than anybody else. They have the number one uh, team for uh, customer service on the phone. Number one, voted number one. And you're going to save money. Oh, and here's an idea. They're on your side. Please stick together or we'll stick separately. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck right now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. All right. 10 seconds. Station ID. Hey, there's another thing I'd like to discuss, and that is in the future, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. It's all part of the Build Back Better campaign, which is strangely not. It's strangely not the campaign of Joe Biden. It is even more strangely the slogan for the Great Reset uh, from the World Economic Forum. Well, that's too much of a coincidence, huh? Well, we do have a president who's known for plagiarizing, but that's not what's happening here. He's not hiding it because he's for the Great Reset. Let me just let me just put another thing into perspective. Housing prices are going through the roof. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. So who's on the hook for this? You'd say the banks, but it's not. It's the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government. Now, Let me tie this into one of the many goals of the Great Reset. Many people are, I'm quoting, many people are already comfortable and busy renting things like cars, tools, apartments. So this has become a normal way to live. It's easy to argue that shared commodities save resources. You'll own nothing and you'll like it. By the way, they don't say no one will own anything. Notice that? See, communists say, the people will own everything. The people will own it. That's a lie. But these guys are at least a little more honest. They say, you won't own anything. And you'll be happy. Why would I be happy? And how do I get rid of my stuff now? I've got lots of stuff. You're going to just take it from me in the next nine years? Is that how? You, and I'm going to be happy about it? No, 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 no. They're going to create the conditions where you won't be able to have it. And they're being honest. Someone will own it. It just won't be you. You'll be a... Is it a surf or a smurf? I don't... What are squeezing us so tight because they just love America so much we're turning blue? It might be a smurf that you will turn into. Uh, All you have to do to see the future is no history. It's all right around the corner, and a corner we just this passed. The Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> okay, realestateagentsitrust.com. 
If you are looking to buy or sell a home, and it might be the last home you ever buy or sell, well, probably not sell, but maybe the last home you ever buy, you need a great real estate agent. You need somebody that understands negotiation. You need somebody that understands the contracts. Uh, real estate agents, I trust.com, they are the best. I can say that because we've spent a lot of time and money looking for the best. The people that follow the practices that we learned from working with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. I worked with them for a long time, and I was just curious, and I asked them, so what makes a great real estate agent? Well, there is a set of metrics that you can follow. And so we started following those metrics and looking for the real estate agents that also followed those metrics, that did the things that help you sell your house on time and for the most amount of money, and then gets the house that you want for the least amount of money. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We have agents coast to coast. If you're looking to move across town, across the street, or across the country, Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you. And don't miss today's Glenn TV show. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Man, the FBI and their race team racing into action. My gosh, they are just solving crimes and protecting the American people like nobody's business. Yes, they have finally tracked down the notorious Louise Lynn McNichol, or is it just Lois? I think it may be Lois. Lois McNichol. Oh, man. When you hear the name Lois, don't you think just young activist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, Lois, the 69-year-old grandmother from Los Angeles, was arrested yesterday uh, and charged in connection to the January 6th breach of the U.S. Capitol. Now, Lois, 69 years old, Lois and her gang Adeline, Myrtle, and Clara uh are just radical insurrectionists and uh beatrice don't even get me started on beatrice you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. these people are out of control you know what they did right Uh, but she hmm you know what what they did what they myrtle and the clan yeah myrtle and lois both Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. entered the capitol yeah, but they did it, and Olive had the intent to walk around. <laughs> and when you've got Myrtle, Lois, Olive, mm-hmm. Esther, yeah. Mabel, yeah. Uh, Gertrude, you know, Vera, Gertrude, Gertrude. Said, wait, wait, maybe we shouldn't walk around, but <laughs> Myrtle said, no, we're walking around. Yeah. And we're going to do it yeah, for but Olive 10 w- minutes. But Olive was like, my hip hurts. And and Myrtle was saying to Adeline, Adeline, I know you just have all those gastrointestinal problems, but mm-hmm. we got to walk. We got to keep you walking. And that says nothing about uh, what Agnes so, was doing this entire time, by yeah. the way. Well, and well, Agnes, Agnes, don't well, let's not Agnes. forget Agnes battles with uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Right. And so, so she was in the bathroom for the entire time, but inside the Capitol, <laughs> in the Capitol building. Yeah. 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 That's right. Well, Hazel, Hazel <laughs> was helping Myrtle because uh, Myrtle has a touch of dementia. Uh, and so Hazel is right there to say, 
But this is a dangerous gang. This is the second grandmother in this uh, in this FBI roundup uh, to stop these dangerous insurrectionists. And when I think of all of the resolu- uh, of revolutions around the world that were started by unarmed grandmothers, I can't I would if I started down naming them, I wouldn't be finished until after July 4th. Right. Twenty four seven. I could just name Myrtle uh, Ethel. It was it was oh. Adeline that started, of course, uh, the 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 revolution in France. Why do you why do you think they call it Myrtle Beach? How do you think it was taken over? Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. They stormed Amen. the beaches. Men <laughs> stormed the beaches. A bunch of myrtles wow. stormed the beaches. That's how that town started. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. No. Not a lot of people know that. I couldn't sleep until last um, night after they put her away. After they put Lois away. Uh, then I finally got my first good night's sleep since January well, 6th. <laughs> no, she's out on the streets. <gasps> she oh, no. is out on the streets. No. no. Yeah. She yeah. posted Bond? Uh, okay, let me... Oh, my. Yeah, let me. No, listen, it's okay. worse than that. Oh, no. 49-year-old unarmed grandmother of five was presiding in Indiana. I don't know where she was presiding. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, she was nailed for the uh, for the um, uh, the breach, the insurrection in the U.S. Capitol. And mm-hmm. she was the uh, second now to be sentenced uh, and she she could have faced time in prison, but she said that she was really sorry about what she did, that she said, I, I didn't I didn't know I was breaking the law. And gosh, I wouldn't want to be involved in. Now, this is this is what people like Clara say all the time. Well, gosh, I I certainly wouldn't have been in the Capitol doing something that I didn't think I was supposed to do. Oh, and these people make me sick. So uh, she said, quote, I would have never been there had a clue that it was going to turn out the way it w- did, because it was never my intent of being part of anything that's so disgraceful to the American people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you would be you would rest well like Stu uh, mm-hmm. and Pat if you didn't know that she's back on the streets today. Mm. Oh, um, no. The attorney. No, the attorney had her read books like Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. She also had to watch Netflix Mudbound and documentaries uh, Slavery by Another Name and Tulsa Burning, the 1921 Race Massacre. And uh, and that was part of the deal what? that she could go free. Hmm? What? Is, I hadn't read that part of it. Is that true? They had her watch... The Tulsa riot thing? Bury my bury my heart at Wounded Knee. Okay. Uh, Netflix Mudbound documentary slavery by another name and Tulsa burning the 1921 race massacre. What did you talking about? That have Why to do with anything? What did that have to do with the January 6th incident? Oh my gosh, Stu! I'm not going to be able to sleep at night knowing that Pat is free. <laughs> He's free to to gather now with Olive. Yeah. And Hermina. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, we only brought him on the uh, air today knowing that in behind him, the forces are gathering to put him in prison. Uh, he's, he's not facing the door, so they can kind of walk in as a giant squad and arrest Pat and mm. haul him off so okay, that we good. can get Oof. good night's sleep haul because of his obvious support Indeed. of the January 6th incident. By the way, uh, uh, Pat, how many grandchildren do you have now? How are they doing? 
I have ten. What are they doing? Here? I have ten. You have ten grand. Which uh, ten grandchildren? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes him a mm-hmm. danger already. <laughs> you, the day he gets a walker, look out, America! <laughs> yep. Look out! Yeah. Now, uh, I want to. I want to just share with you. Um, uh, yesterday, the Secret Service had to arrest dozens of of youth, uh, and they were. There's no problem. Uh, these guys. Uh, 500 people blockaded or uh, blocked uh, every entrance to the uh, White House. Uh, they demanded a fully funded civilian climate corps uh, be put back into the infrastructure bill. Um, they um, they marched to the White House, blocked the entrances, send a message to Biden that no climate, no deal. Uh, they want. They want that human infrastructure in there, the free college, free universal child care. And um, AOC was there. She was among the, the attendees telling the crowd that politicians can't break this promise to us anymore. They're setting up a world where they, they don't have to live in it. Uh, that's why this matters. That's why mm. we fight. And as a result of your hard work, we have folks in the Senate. We have folks in the House, not just me. Not just like they say, a tiny group of the squad. We have critical mass of people saying, no climate, no deal. So uh, they were arrested. Some of those were arrested. Um, but they were uh, they were just given a glass of warm milk and sent home. Uh, their parents were called. And they said, hey, we appreciate the activism uh, that these kids are learning mm-hmm. in school. And we're, we're proud of them. Uh, so they'll probably be back. And, you know, it's weird. This is a Soros group. This is this is the Sunrise Movement. Uh, and the Sunrise Movement is a radical environmentalist group funded by George Soros. Now, what did Ethel and Lois and Myrtle and Olive do, Pat? Well, I mean, really, what did they do? What, what was the worst thing that you remember from, I mean, besides, you know, people being shot? Mm-hmm. You know, the, not not the people that were were protesting. Right. Uh, the, well, they were the ones shot, but the ones doing the shooting were the Capitol Police. One of the worst images that I I saw was they took over Nancy Pelosi's office. Yes, put their feet up on the desk. Right. 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 Okay. Really disgraceful. Yeah. Um, not an insurrection, but really disgraceful. Yes. Uh, you know what's weird? The Sunrise Movement, uh, November thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Uh, 51 people uh, took her office and uh, camped out in her office and 51 people were arrested from the Sunrise Movement doing the same thing, uh, which is weird Mm. uh, that we haven't really heard of that. Yeah, that didn't seem like a day that almost ended our democracy. Did it? That no. Didn't, it nobody's didn't. saying that. Uh, was it November? November of 2018? Our democracy yeah. nearly came to an end, and we don't even talk about it because the exact same thing happened uh, on that day in Nancy Pelosi's office. Of course, I don't know that anybody carried her podium out of. 
Yeah. <laughs> the house. Uh, we're exaggerating a little, a little bit here. Bit. I don't think yeah. any of the Loises did the really bad things that happened <laughs> in the Capitol. I mean, look, there's video of people assaulting police officers, and that is never yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, but there are, there are a lot of people okay. who, I mean, look. But why aren't they leading with this? Why are they yeah, arresting right. yes. and harassing exactly. the grandmothers? Right. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, if, they, if this is all they have, right, if at the end of the day mm-hmm. they're not arresting the people, and there were some, it was a minority of the crowd though and this is that always gets left out it's a small minority of the crowd who did the really bad things there there were people who just sort of wandered in should have known better probably uh but generally they were not insurrectionists it's the dumbest thing in the world to to refer to the overwhelming majority of the people who were there as insurrectionists it's insanity i mean we I, i think i talked to you glenn about this it may have been off the air but i listened to an interview with a socialist who a socialist writer and they were like you know guys we should probably not call this an insurrection because you know the next time we do it they're gonna call it an insurrection like this was mm-hmm. just a riot mm-hmm. uh is what he said and i think that's a fair description of as to what you saw it was a damaging riot it was bad it, you know there are a lot of people who do deserve to be punished because of it but you know there's also a bunch of grandmothers who wandered in there for four minutes and mm-hmm. you can't it does seem like they're leading with those arrests maybe they're the easy ones maybe those are the people who are confessing i don't know but it does seem to be going about it backwards as far as priority should go well the judge said he didn't want to send the signal that everybody was going to get probation. Uh, just that Lois and the other grandmother, they came in and said, well, I would have never had anything to do with it. It was like that. And read those books and watched the documentaries. So <laughs> uh, not everybody's going to get that soft treatment. I'll I, tell you that right now. I hate to do this again because we've already done this on the air. But are you really telling me they asked her to watch a Netflix documentary? Yeah. Like that's a real part of the story. Incredible. You're not. That's you guys not part really of the don't joke. believe me. No, it's incredible. Hang on. Let me get this story. Uh, one has more to be time. a joke. This has to be the, a joke. Nope, here it is. The unarmed grandmother, uh, blah, 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 Capitol building. She was there for 10 minutes, according to the court documents. Um, She made an agreement um, that that said that she was wrong. Uh, She was ashamed of the savage display of violence that day. I would have never been there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the attorney bizarrely had her client read books like Burn My Heart at Wounded Knee and watch Netflix Mudbound and other documentaries, Slavery by Another Name and Tulsa Burning, the 1921 race massacre. So, and the you said content the- was referenced. It, uh, the content was referenced in her mea culpa to the court, which apparently was vital in the agreement for probation. So the attorney did this. It wasn't a punishment necessarily from the as part of the as part of the plea. So she is really super sorry. In fact, she's watching these things. Oh my gosh! Wow! Unreal! Wow! Wow! Welcome to America. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. Tell you about my pillow. I'm a guy who appreciates the value of a good night's sleep. And ever started ever since I started getting products from Mike Lindell, a good night's sleep are just about the only kind I have anymore. You know, it's amazing. Um, I don't notice that my wife snores uh, anymore. And she would say, God forbid, I do not snore. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't really notice that anymore because I'm asleep really 
before she even gets to bed. She'll come coming into the bedroom and she'll be talking to me. Okay, well, now what's it? I don't know why she sounds like that when she clearly sounds like. Anyway, I'm asleep. And that's because of the great uh, dream sheets, the really great pillow that honestly I would have never bought if I would have bought it in a store. It has a 60 day money back guarantee. Um, I look at it and I thought I'm not going to be comfortable with this uh, at all. And then I started sleeping with it, and it is a great pillow. And right now, you can get it for twenty nine ninety eight, a standard or queen uh, premium pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are five dollars more. Enter the promo code Beck or call eight hundred. Excuse me, eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen for the great radio specials. It's eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. Promo code Beck MyPillow.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Man, whenever they get Eleanor and Cordelia uh, behind bars, then we can all rest uh, and pay those high gas prices as we go out uh, everywhere we're going for this uh, weekend. This is the highest gas prices in seven years, and there's no end in sight, my friend. Uh, and, uh, and there's shortages of all kinds of things, uh, but enjoy your holiday weekend, uh, whatever it is that you're going to do. I'm actually up at the Cash Valley Cruise Inn. Uh, Rafe and I were going to do a car show, uh, up here in, uh, in, uh, Southern Idaho and, um, Northern Utah. This is in Logan, Utah. And, uh, so I took some time off to be with my son and we were just going to do the car show and, and my son decided, uh, I'm going to go uh, to Boy Scout camp. And uh, so it's uh, it's just me. And uh, now my, my daughter uh, is going to be joining me. And my wife is going to be joining. Everybody is joining me, really, except for my son, which is, um, which is a lot of fun. So uh, I'll be at the, uh, the Cache Valley Cruise-In uh, this weekend. And we're going to talk about, you know, cars, uh, not politics, not the end of the world, none of that. Don't 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 come and expect any of that because <laughs> I'm on vacation, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm on total vacation. Actually, started last night on vacation, which kind of explains today's show. We're talking UFOs next. This no, really. Is the Glenn Beck program. Is this new body fat <laughs> or thin and in shape? Because if it's fat, and I'm interested. Got one of those. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you about our uh, our sponsor. This have uh, yes, that's right. It's American Financing. American Financing will help you save money. No judgment here, uh, but uh, you've been busy, I'm sure, and you hear me say this every day. Uh, you should call American Financing and save money. Why haven't you done it yet? Do it now. I'll wait. <laughs> Oh, you need the number? It's 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Well, why didn't you say that in the first place? Check them out online then? Fine. AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. Save a buttload of money. All right. Back with hour number two of this extravaganza. Next.
So, I, I don't know about you, but it's Independence Week, and uh, we're celebrating our country's independence this weekend, and uh, I'd like to... Well, there's there's two ways for me to feel optimistic. Uh, one would be if someone would tell me, hey, you know those UFOs? Yeah, they've been watching us for a while, and they know about the politicians, too, and they're just about to come down and lay the hammer on them and just say, hey, guys... You have it. You got it. You just needed these crumb bums out of the way. That would give me hope. I'd be optimistic, you know, if aliens were coming. Even if they even said, hey, the aliens are coming and they're going to enslave you and probably eat you as well. I'd be like, all right, well, got to be better than what we got now, right? Uh, the other would uh, be Jesus is coming soon. Now, I'm putting my money in the Jesus bucket. But the UFO thing, I don't know, could happen as well, unless you read that nine-page report, which is very frustrating, uh, at least to, you know, somebody like me, who is looking for a little bit of optimism. Sean Cahill, uh, he is, he's one of the guys that was there on the Nimitz, the, the Tic Tac UFO or UAP. He was one of the eyewitnesses. He was... Uh, a uh, Navy chief, master at, masters at arms, and he witnessed it. And we're going to talk a little bit about what this report really means that came out. And to the untrained eye, really says nothing. We talk to him in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. And uh, Pat, you're staying, right? Is Pat still in the studio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pat, yeah, Pat's Pat's staying because uh, we would you. Well, I know you are. I don't know where Stu is. That's because Stu is a weirdo compared to the three. You know, when you look at the three of us, he's mm-hmm. always the outsider. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say we're all UFO totally total freaks that we that we believe in extraterrestrial and we kind of want to be alive when we discover that? I I know I I do. I don't know about Stu. I do too. Stu. I no, I don't know. I don't, I'm interested in what the actual truth is. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a UFO fanatic. It's not. Uh, I don't sit around researching. Well, UFOs no. I all mean, I'm not wearing a. I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat because I mean, tinfoil obviously can be used <laughs> to fry our brains. It's a mm-hmm. conductive material. Why would you wear a tinfoil <laughs> hat? So I'm not point. wearing the tinfoil hat. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not one of those that, you know, go to the conventions and I'm like, I'm telling you right now, I had an anal probe. I, I don't know. But I am interested lately on what's happening. We'll get into that here in a second. First, let me tell you about VidAngel. Pat has been on the VidAngel bandwagon forever. Pretty long time forever. since they started. Yeah, probably since the yeah. beginning of VidAngel. And I they, love it. Love it. Yeah, we use it, it all is, the time. It is such... Such a great thing. If you have Netflix or Amazon, whatever you're watching, any specials that you're watching, you know, or any movies or, you know, series that you're watching on those, you can edit. And the thing, not edit, uh, filter, filter, because it doesn't actually edit anything. It filters it. It kind of skips it. And like if you're watching something and you want to watch it with the family, 
you know, you, you, you can't usually. Almost everything is just riddled with the F word or, mm-hmm. you know, sex scenes. That, you know, that my son didn't buy it for very long. Every time people were climbing into bed together, I would say, he'd say, what are they doing? And I, they're looking for Oreos, uh, son. <laughs> They, one of them eats Oreos, and the, the other found wow. out, and they're desperately seeking that uh, lost wow. Oreo. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't work very long. Um, but with VidAngel, you can skip all of these things, and you decide how much to skip. Have you ever, have you ever Pat, have you ever turned, it, turned every filter on and then, you know, tried to watch, like, I don't know, The Sopranos? It's like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit shorter. Uh, it's a little bit shorter experience. Yeah, it's a little shorter. The other thing that's great yeah. about VidAngel right now is they've got uh, they've got a movie studio now, and they've done this unbelievably yeah. great series on Jesus called The Chosen. It's the, the Chosen is fantastic. Best, the best Jesus series I've ever mm. seen. It's awesome. It's awesome. I know, it, it is incredible yeah, just incredible and the thing i like about it is that um uh you don't have um you don't have jesus all in white all the time right you know like yeah and he's not all he spaced out like desert. he is in How so many I... in so many series and movies you know he's just weird acting he's yeah. not in this he's much more the way i envision him it's it's just a it's a great show well the the weird thing is with that series is none of the apostles have English accents, which we all <laughs> it throws know. It doesn't it? They have English accents. It does anyway. Anyway, um, that's that's part of the deal uh, that you can you can get with uh, Vid Angel. But Vid Angel, you set your preferences, then go about your merry television and movie watching way, and you can you can filter out swear words. You get a pick uh, how deep you go. You you get a pick what scenes are deleted and. I just don't want to see this and this and this. And you filter it out based on your standards, not somebody else's. It's fantastic. If you go to vidangelbeck.com, you enter the promo code Beck at checkout, you'll get 50% off your first three months. Don't worry. You can cancel at any time. So if it's not something that you use, you can cancel. VidAngel, use the promo code Beck at checkout, and you'll get 50% off your first three months. The best thing about VidAngel is you can start saying yes when your kids say, I, I want to watch this show. Okay, let's watch it. And you just filter out all the stuff that is objectionable to you in your household. It's great. It's vidangelbeck.com. Chief Cahill was the chief law enforcement officer on board the USS Princeton in 2004 during the Nimitz strike group Tic Tac UAP encounters. A UAP is something that uh, means UFO. It's just the government's um, uh, acronym for what we know to be UFOs. There was a report that came out last week. It was nine full pages my gosh, how long did it take them to put nine pages together? Um, but they they say things that I find very, very um, puzzling. If you read the report, don't worry, nine pages. Who would read it? Um, it talks about if if this is true, if these things, when we come down to it, they're going to fall into 
well, I think they said one of five categories. You know, it's going to be weather balloons. It's going to be some sort of natural occurrence. Uh, it might be, you know, one of our planes or objects. It might be a foreign military's objects. Or it'll go into a other bucket. Well, it's kind of the other bucket that I'm kind of interested in. And uh, maybe Sean can give us some uh, insight on this nine-page UAP uh, report. Welcome. Welcome, uh, Chief Cahill. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. It's good to be here. Oh, you sound so serious. Uh, gosh. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, kind of go a little bit. We're, we're interested in UFOs and I like to talk to people who are not interested in UFOs. And so you might be the perfect guy, um, because you talk to people who are UFO lovers, they want it to be true. I just want the truth. So can you help us find that? Well, I can say that for the people who are disappointed in the nine-page UAPTF report, I would ask them to change their perception a little bit. The, the first aspect of that report was that it was to go to Congress. So the nine pages, while I don't want to make it sound like a gift from Congress, I was quite happy that they immediately turned around and gave us the unclassified portion of it. Now, I'm like a lot of people, I'm most interested in what's in the classified annex. And there have been a lot of rumors that are circulating, circulating around about it. But there's a lot in that nine-page report that we can immediately dig into. And it harkens back to 2004 when I was on board Princeton. And it speaks a great deal. If we focused just on that Tic Tac case where I was present today, we would show a perfect example of why the UAPTF was formed and the kind of data that we're looking to deliver to not only our, our leaders, but to the American people is the real data. Okay. The, so can you give us can you take us back uh, to when you were on the Princeton and and tell us what happened that that whole experience? Yes, in 2004, when I was stationed on board Princeton as the chief law enforcement officer, what we call the chief master at arms in the Navy, I helped coordinate ships movements over a period of days with senior chief Kevin Day down in the combat information center. He had been picking up anomalous contacts on the Aegis radar system that were coming in at suborbital altitudes, then going down to 80,000 feet. And then what was spectacular was they were immediately translating down to the to sea level. And then there were groups of them proceeding in a southerly, southerly direction against the wind. This was so strange and worrisome to Kevin that he began a series of, of diagnostics. He and a, and a radar tech named Kevin Voorhees both rebooted the system numerous times. They, they double-checked everything, triple-checked, and finally Kevin went to our captain and said, Sir, I'm pretty sure that we have real contacts, that these are not ghosts in the system based on the upgrade. And because we were the... Okay, wait, 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 let me just make sure that I have this right. So these objects were up almost to outer space, but in our atmosphere. They came down uh, to 80,000 feet. I guess that's unusual um, because, I mean, how many things are up suborbital? Uh, and then it went down to sea level. This is highly unusual? Well, it's highly unusual, and it's frankly impossible for most of our vehicles that aren't ballistic um, weapon systems. Because to deorbit a craft requires a, a certain specific set of maneuvers to, to re-enter the atmosphere. 
So not only were these appearing beyond where the Aegis radar system could pick them up, they were in space. They were then translating down to an altitude that even our best aircraft uh, don't operate very well at. Okay, so wait, wait. So when we enter, we have to we have that blackout period where, you know, we're 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 really kind of on fire when we're coming back down in. So they didn't enter the same way. They didn't experience those things. Well, at the time, we didn't we hadn't yet heard of what were called the five observables that came out of a program called ATIP that Luis Elizondo ran. But what we did witness was what was called hypersonic velocity and instantaneous acceleration. Those are two of the five observables. And they're two means of, of action that we have, we have zero craft in our arsenal that can do that. So there was nothing about this that matched anything that we understood. And then to have them immediately go to sea level and then kind of, make a lazy flight southward, um, almost as if they were a flock of balloons. This is one of the things that gets the debunkers into it because they like to cherry pick and say that there were 20 or 30 different things happening at once that conflated to confuse the military that there were UFOs. But that's not the case. Kevin sent uh, a sortie of F-18s out to the area where the radar was picking them up. Uh, We were the Air Defense Commander, so our captain had that authority to order that. And Commander David Fravor and his wingman pilot, Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich, made their way out to this area, and they observed an area of water that was, they said it was roiling. And it was approximately the size of a 737 aircraft, and around it were these tic-tac-shaped objects that were matte white in color, approximately 30 feet long, with no control surfaces, no means of propulsion, no markings whatsoever, and they were darting around instantaneously like ping-pong balls. So wait, let me see if I understand this. So there's some big object the size of a 737, and these ping pong balls, these Tic Tacs, are circling it. So are they, speculation here, part of propulsion or something, or are they separate aircraft or whatever it is? I hesitate to speculate, but if I were to speculate immediately, I think one of the feelings was that they were either observing this area of water or they were tending to something that was in the water. Um, I can say that I've, I've participated in follow-on investigations with Lou Elizondo down in Mexico in Ensenada and off, the, off of Guadalupe wow. Island, where the Tic Tacs were witnessed going into the water. Um, and the, the folks we spoke to down there see these all the time. Um, it's a very interesting situation down there, but what we encountered that week was unlike anything we had ever seen before. Um, towards the end of the exercise, after the night that the pilots returned with the gun camera footage before we had seen it on board Princeton, I was out on the port side bridge wing with the, the port watch, or excuse me, yeah, the port watch, um, at approximately 45 degrees up in the sky, 2,000 feet, 2,000 feet off the port bow, I saw five to seven lights in a completely clear and cloudless sky. It was about 10 o'clock at night. And these five to seven lights all moved towards the center of the circle of their, the center of their formation that they were in and each instantaneously disappeared. I say that they blinked out, but they didn't show any kind of movement or propulsion. This action completely matched what we were seeing on radar and completely matched what the pilots returned with um, on the gun camera footage. The next morning when myself and the other chief petty officers in the chief's mess witnessed that 
that video, we were astonished. We knew that immediately what we were looking at, we had the chain of emails that came with it where the operations officers on the ships were, were immediately debunking everything. We know what birds look like at sea. We know what um, balloons look like. We know what other aircraft look like. We know what the lighting configurations are. These things did, did stuff that we just can't do. And we had the electro-optical data, the eyewitness testimony, and the infrared data to, to tell us about it, not to mention the radar data. Okay, stand by for just a second. Um, we're going to take a one-minute break and then be back on this. I have some follow-up questions just on that. Um, first, let me tell you about Norman. He wrote in about his experience dealing with American financing. He said, I was really nervous to start the process. It was my first refi, and I thought it would be a miserable experience to get everything I needed together and submitted. Tony, who is from American, uh, uh, American Finance, said... Um, uh, don't worry about it. Everything's going to go smoothly. Sure enough, he and his uh, team really made it a pleasant experience. Uh, this is what Norman wrote. They required much less than I expected. It took less time than I expected. Thanks to Tony and Chelsea and Katie and Kenya. Thank you for uh, all that you've done. And Glenn, thanks for the referral. Norman, you are more than welcome. Nothing makes me happier uh, than people who are getting their financial house in order and finding that American financing, a group that I've I've uh, uh, testified for and, you know, I've been giving my testimonials for over 10 years now that people are finding it and finding it to be true. What I say, they work for you, not for the banks, and they will help you. And it's not that much of a hassle. American financing call 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, 40, or go to AmericaFinancing.com. Net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Tens- Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now we go 10 seconds, station ID. The man we're talking to is Chief Cahill. He served the United States Navy from 1995 to 2015. He was entrusted with critical missions spanning anti-terrorism, anti-piracy, interrogation, and investigations. He was uh, on the USS Princeton uh, and one of the many eyewitnesses to a series of what they call UAP, UFO encounters. Today, he works closely with former U.S. government leadership and UAP-related program managers. Um, so, uh, Chief, I want to I, I want to make sure that I understand when you were you were out on the deck and you were looking up at the night sky about ten o'clock at night. You see these lights, and when you say they they went out or they blinked out, what you're actually saying is is that they started to move away at such a speed they were just gone. Is that right? That's what we speculate. And if we had the radar data to sh- to show that moment in time. Uh, I believe that that's what the radar data would show. Would show. Unfortunately, um, this is where the water gets muddy. That evening, um, I, it's it's reported that plainclothes officers arrived on board Nimitz and arrived on board Princeton and confiscated the radar data. Uh, as of right now, I don't know who that was. Uh, it still remains to be seen who has that data. Uh, where it ended up in the system, who it was that had the authority to come out and 
um, confiscate that data. A lot of people have asked me as the chief master at arms, wouldn't you have been aware of, of who was coming and going from the ship? And unfortunately, no, I wasn't, I wasn't the, uh, the bag checker or security guy for the oncoming helicopters that was handled, you know, via our, our, a system of, of logistics that moves between our ships. So I wouldn't have had to be told about that. So how did the chain of command handle all of this? Were they surprised? Were they freaked out? Uh, did they report it to the Pentagon? Who? I mean, what what happens when you see something like this? Well, during the exercise, it, it was relatively quiet. There were a handful. Kevin and I, our senior chief Day and I, were communicating via telephone line between the bridge and the combat information center. We didn't know what we were dealing with, so rather than alarm people to to rumors of UFOs, etc., we uh, kept it professional. We had an exercise going on. But when it was clear that this had become, that this was intervening in our exercise due to the amount of attention we gave it, you can imagine that the ship was a very professional atmosphere. But after we all saw the video, we had an operations and intelligence briefing that evening where I was asked for the first time to post up at the door, just in case anyone coming in had a lapsed security clearance. And, you know, if someone wanted to pull rank wow. on a young man at the door or something, they asked me to make sure that he didn't have a hard time. Um, we turned a couple wow. of people away whose clearances had lapsed. But then when we got into our intelligence briefing, um, there was... Tell, wait, 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 wait. Had- I got a break. Tell me, tell me about that, what happened in the briefing next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mm. Just when we're getting to something good, I... I have to stop and tell you about something even better. AMAC. If you're over 50 and you haven't joined AMAC yet, may I suggest you check them out today? You know, uh, do your homework before you commit to anything. I always tell you that. Don't, don't believe me. Believe yourself. You can only own the things that you have found really yourself to be true. So if you're looking for benefits like life insurance and travel discounts, AMAC is for you. If you like serious advocacy that pushes against the ultra-left legislation that is going through Washington, you know, on your behalf, then AMAC is right for you. If you like a source of uncensored information that you can trust, complete with newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website content, and a bi-monthly magazine, then AMAC is right for you. Over a quarter of a million AMAC members have directly participated in AMAC's outreach campaigns to Congress and Believe me, they are hearing your voice. AMAC, go join for the advocacy, the benefits, and the information. But join because America needs us to stand together. AMAC.us slash Beck. All right, go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. We are talking to retired U.S. Navy Chief Masters at Arms, uh, Sean Cahill. He was part of the Nimitz Tic Tac UAP eyewitnesses. He was uh, he was there and he just described going in for a, a, a briefing uh, and he had to post uh, uh, somebody at the door to make sure that nobody was trying to pull rank to get into this um, top secret meeting. And when you guys are when you guys are meeting, what happens in that room? What do you think you have just witnessed? What conclusions do you draw or what do you do? Well, it was it was our normal evening intelligence briefing and an operations briefing. And we really didn't touch on the subject. There was a small joke made at the beginning of the PowerPoint presentation. And remember, this is an 04, so it was pretty primitive. 
but um, a little Mars Attacks type style alien icon shot across the screen with some spooky music. And the half of us in the room who knew what was going on had a little laugh and then took a second to explain it to the remaining chiefs and officers and sailors in the room before the captain just said, well, we had a lot of fun this week. Fun's over. Let's get back to work. And that was it. But then when did somebody come in and fly and take all of the the video or all of the um, all of the uh, confidential uh, readings that you guys took? When did yeah, that we didn't happen? Learn about, we didn't learn about that publicly until 2017. Um, the personnel that were involved in the exchange of those radar tapes to include uh, Petty Officer uh, Gary Voorhees and uh, pr- probably our captain at the time, where uh, they signed non-disclosure agreements um, and were told not to uh, to make that data public. Mm-hmm. So we didn't find that out until 2017 when Luis Elizondo resigned in protest from the program that sprang up after that sighting, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program at the Pentagon. Um, that was when we really found out that Tic Tac was a was an esoteric event, that this was something exotic and not within our arsenal. And uh, we found out recently with the report, the report confirms that, that Tic Tac and, and these other sightings that fall into 144 sightings, of which only one was determined to be a weather balloon, and of those, a very large portion were determined to show the five observables or what we call exotic technology. So I, I've spoken to Luis Elizondo. I find him extraordinarily credible. He was the former director of Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. He was also the, the right-hand man uh, to Petraeus. And from what I understand, Petraeus said, uh, you know, Luis, what do you think about um, of UFOs? And he said, quite frankly, sir, I don't think of UFOs. And Petraeus mm-hmm. said, perfect. That's exactly who I want to lead this. He didn't think about it. He didn't He didn't have any, you know, um, uh, horse in the game, if you will. He just was looking for the truth. And what he told us was this was happening a lot and, in fact, is still going on. And he said we have um, uh, observations of them, uh, you know, tracking our bases and even our our nuclear uh, launch sites etc cetera, etc cetera. did any of this why was none of this in that report well i think a lot of people wanted everything in that report um they were only given 180 days they were given a, a very uh, vague scope to basically return all the data um, it was almost an impossible, impossible mission to complete in 180 days. The fact that they were smart enough to put a fence around it and try to make sense of a certain period of time or a certain number of cases made a lot of sense to me. But what we have fought from day one and what we fought back in 2004 on board the Princeton when we were trying to discuss this in a rational manner is the stigma that surrounds this subject that has gone on for 70 years of, of ufology and of, of amateur mm-hmm. study and, of course, obfuscation by the by the government uh by by stove piping by special access programs um it, the truth of whatever uap is still remains to be seen but it, at least for the first time we have our claws in history saying this is real we've been told about it they did show us the annexes the deputy uh Secretary of Defense immediately responded by ordering all services to report UAP up the chain of command within two weeks of sightings. 
And there's a lot of talk about establishing a permanent entity that will act as a clearinghouse with the past data and future data to ensure that the American people and then the world get a good understanding of what this is without revealing our weapon systems and electrical optical systems that keep us safe. So um, Louise told me that, you know, we're tracking them and they're doing things that there is no way a country has developed this kind of technology because it couldn't be isolated. It's so far ahead of its time that it would affect other things in the society. So we've ruled out. I know that we've ruled out in this report that it is, you know, American technology. Um, do you believe that, that this is not some secret thing that we've got going on? I'm pretty pragmatic when it comes to that. I think most of us would look at this and say, if it has been studied for 70 years, of course, some aspect of the government or military is probably doing some kind of testing to understand this and probably trying to mimic the technology. But I think if we look at popular science and physics and look at our experts, we realize that all of them are scratching their heads as to how this technology operates the way it does. So if someone here that pays taxes and has an email address has, has leapfrogged the rest of us in understanding and production and technology, I would be completely astounded to find out this was us or a near peer. Now, do we have some aspects of the technology? It wouldn't surprise me. But not all of it. I don't believe that for a moment. Okay. So, um, so did this report, because you said, look at this, you, you should look at it differently. Um, what were the things in there that gave you um, um, hope that, you know, this was just not just more of the, oh, it's crazy people in tinfoil hats kind of stuff. What makes you well, feel good been, about this report? I've been lucky enough for the past three years to, to have studied this entire subject. Basically, when I met Luis Elizondo and when he interviewed me for a program for the History Channel, when we got our mics off, I asked Lou, I said, if, if you're not a BSer, if you're not another one of those folks coming out trying to make a buck on some nonsense, I said, I'll put my boots back on for you and I'll go to work with you to figure this out. He made it pretty clear to me over the last three years how much I could trust him and how loyal he is to the American people. Um, we have so much to learn about this. And before Friday, it was absolute nonsense. It was completely denied as even being a phenomenon. The programs were being denied by the DOD. The public affairs officer of the DOD, uh, whether she was directed or whether it was her personal um, inclination to do so, has smeared Luis in the public eye. They've lied about him. So there's something about this subject that really needs a reckoning. It needs to be dragged out into the daylight, and it needs to be shown to all of us. Um, I'm, I'm confused at how we keep it nonpartisan. I'm, that's still a struggle to me to keep it out in the open for all of us and make sure that no one grabs onto this and tries to own it. I think that would be very dangerous. Um, but how, do you, that, we, how do you see that? I mean, I think this is a this is so far beyond politics. This is about human. This is the greatest possible discovery of all time. If any agree. of this is confirmed to be otherworldly, this affects Everyone from outer Mongolia to, you know, upstate New York, everybody is it should be on the same page on this one. I'm very happy to hear you say that because it's 
it's the only way that we're going to figure this out is with 7 billion perspectives being shared with each other. Because if this was an easy subject, we'd already have these answers. There wouldn't be 70 years right. of confusion and obfuscation requiring a task force and an inspector general investigation and requiring someone like Lou to give up his pension to, to resign in protest. None of these things should have been required were this, were this an easy subject. So the fact that we now have it in history and we know it's real, we have somewhere to go now. So is one of the reasons why we are not um, being let in on this, is it possible that it works to our advantage? Let's say we know it's not us, but we're not sure what it is. We don't we don't want to come out and clearly say uh, we don't uh, we don't know what it is uh, or we, we definitely know it's not us because it, it would make us. If the Chinese are thinking that could be them, uh, then we're put into a good strategic situation. Same thing with the Chinese or anybody else. Why deny and just and come out and say, guys, that's not us. Let's share information, because as long as there's that seed of doubt, uh, it strengthens the the posture of of each side. Does that make sense to you? It makes you know what I'm saying to me. I think what's unfortunate right now is we live in such a polarized world where we any of us in this conversation can immediately point out who the adversaries we might be talking about are. And so we have some bridges to build here. Um, if we could form an international entity that had oversight over this, that there's got to be some level that we can all talk to each other about this. There's got to be some level where we can recognize the importance of this and where if this is technology the fact that if it's not communicating directly with us, well, we certainly want to want to gain this level of technology. And I would assume that we would want to maintain our, our maturity as we go along with it and, and not try to dominate yeah. each other. Um, that's what frightens me. I think it frightens a lot of people. I think a lot of people are very quick to hope this is aliens because we understand what humans do already. And a lot of people are right. gambling that aliens might have a better take on it. It's a big universe out there. Um, and, and like most folks, I don't claim to have met anyone from out there that's told me what it's really like. So I don't know. If, right. I don't know if they even have a conception of good and bad. So I think we have a lot to learn together as a species about this subject. And we're going to have to do it together. Are you are you hearing f from any other countries that you know of? Is anyone even obliquely reported the same kind of things? Because. When talking to uh, Louise, it, it sounds like, in fact, I talked to somebody else that said we are tracking these uh, for weeks at a time. It's not like yeah. these are just, you know, oh, I think I saw that. No, we're tracking them for weeks at a time. So is any other country reporting this at all? That's it. That is such a good question, because this is a worldwide phenomenon. There are many other countries that have acknowledged programs, countries like France, uh, Brazil, uh, this, Russia. But the problem is, is that question of why no one else takes the lead and why does Russia, this is my opinion based on my, my studies, but Russia is very interested in, in muddying the waters with this subject. It's, it's been around for 70 years. It's been stigmatized and played right. with by everybody. So, 
to finally come to the table and do something about it together would be the right answer. But I, I'm also concerned this is, this is a tool for chaos if used by the wrong people. Hmm. Well, thanks for brightening uh, all of our days with ending with that. I, uh, I I can't thank you enough, Sean, for coming on and talking about this. I know this is a, a difficult subject because people think it's crazy. And what I think is crazy is the fact that more people aren't aware of the difference between, you know, Area 51 talk and this. Things have changed in the last couple of years, and the government is now admitting things that they've never admitted before. And it is it's something that every American, every being on Earth should be looking at and discussing openly right now and not getting into conspiratorial games, but just say, look, something is happening. And what is it and how are we going to deal with it? And I thank you for being a logical uh, messenger. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Sean Cahill. All right, let me tell you about uh, the Tuttle Twins books. Uh, Your school, and I'm not making it, they could rename it, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin or Karl Marx High anytime, anytime. Um, You know, won't be Nazis, definitely not, because they're evil. But, you know, some socialists, you know, Che, he wasn't evil. He only just shot people for sport. He only just tortured and shot poets and gay people. So why not have a Che school? Anyway, the left is taking over our education, and we must battle that. But we have to battle it not only in our hometowns, but also in our own homes. I want to recommend to you a series of books called the Tuttle Twins Books. They are books for kids that teach them about real American history, that teach them about freedom and what it means and what it costs. And you can take these uh, books all the way through. This, The Tuttle Twins books are made for kids. So if you're a parent, you want to be reading these to your children. If you're a grandparent, same thing. This is a way to start early so they understand the principles of our country and freedom, the principles of freedom. Right now, they're running a sale so you can get free workbooks with it as well. Don't let the left cancel these books. Don't let the left cancel our history, which indeed will cancel our future. Make sure you get them for your family right now. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, just a show note. I am uh, going on vacation um, for Independence Week the next couple of days. And then uh, next week, I will also be gone. When we come back, uh, we have a slew of things that we are working on tonight. We're doing a program uh, on the uh, the Green New Steel. What this means uh, to our electricity. Um, you know, they're talking about putting charging stations in all rural and uh and poor communities <sighs> you're gonna you're gonna put tesla charging stations in low-income communities 
I think that's what needs to be done. I think everyone with common sense says, you know, it, we're having problems with climate change because the poor people just won't buy Teslas. You know, if we get more poor people buying Teslas, well, then the world would be fixed. That's how out of control it is tonight. You'll see the full effect. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So on Monday night, Tucker Carlson said that the NSA, a whistleblower, tipped him off that the NSA is reading his emails uh, to try to figure out where he's going next, what's going to be happening. People immediately started you know, saying that he wears a tinfoil hat. I don't know how you don't have the default position that, of course, the United States government is doing that. Of course they are. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. They they weren't monitoring uh, in, in eavesdropping on Donald Trump and his campaign. Remember that? No, 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 we're not. Then we found out, uh, yes, you are. Well, we did it under a FISA court. Yeah, but the FBI uh, had somebody in their midst that knowingly changed that uh, that uh, evidence from a positive to a negative. So you lied to the FISA court about it. And then you did nothing to this guy. Oh, you gave him a suspension. Oh, well, that's sure going to help strengthen that First Amendment and the right to privacy. Oh, my gosh. Now the NSA has responded. I have the response to Tucker from Monday night from the NSA and I have somebody who I think knows a thing or two about this Cheryl Atkinson she joins us in 60 seconds the Glenn Beck program Sandra lives in Minnesota she writes in about her experience with relief factor she says I've been hearing about Relief Factor now for a couple of years on your radio program. Decided to finally try it uh, because nothing was helping with my constant lower back pain. The result was I experienced great relief when I started taking Relief Factor. I honestly doubted that it would help. But with the three-week quick start being available, I decided, what do I have to lose? I'm so glad I did. I feel like a new person. Thank you so much for recommending it. Sandra, I am so glad that you have that lower back pain uh, gone through Relief Factor. You want to get rid of the rest of that lower pain. Uh, move away from Minnesota. I'm just saying. Uh, 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more. And they've done it, this, this quick start trial, because if you take it for three weeks, you'll notice your pain being relieved at some degree or another. If it's working, then order and start, start really taking it and take it every day as directed. If it's not working at all in three weeks, it's most likely not going to work for you. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. So go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384. The odds are in your favor. It's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. We have the audio of Tucker. So on Monday night, here's what Tucker Carlson said on his program. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. 
Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning we filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear much back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies, and they should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. If they are doing it to us, and again, they are definitely doing it to us, they are almost certainly doing it to others. This is scary, and we need to stop it right away. Uh, Now, the NSA has responded on June 28, 2021. Tucker Carlson alleged the National Security Agency has been monitoring our electronic communication and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. This allegation is untrue. Now, listen to this. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try to take his program off the air. NSA has a foreign intelligence mission. We target foreign powers to generate insights on foreign activities that could harm the United States, with limited exceptions, uh, e.g. an emergency. NSA may not target a U.S. citizen without a court order that explicitly authorizes targeting. Somebody who knows an awful lot about this is Cheryl Atkinson, who has been spied on um, herself by the United States government, investigative reporter and host of Full Measure with Cheryl Atkinson and also the author of Slanted. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Hey, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, I don't know how people come to this leaning toward the NSA. I mean, everything that has happened recently, and quite honestly, if you want to be a free people, you shouldn't give the benefit of the doubt right away to the government on something like this. What do you think's happening? You know, I've, yeah, I've tracked the proven instances. These are just the ones that have been reported publicly through documentation, you know, pre actually for decades, but starting in the 2009 time period, we know the government was proven to have spied on members of Congress, their staff, journalists. We know that intelligence officials gave false information on these questions when they testified to Congress. So again, like you say, the default position should be, we know this is being done and has been done. And if they can prove otherwise or are upfront and forthright with their information, perhaps we could listen to that, but they never are. Yeah. Um, they, um, we, we know that they have the ability to uh, capture all communications in the United States. We know that they do capture all communications, but they say it's just on the, the meta level. Um, however, 
if you're wanting to target somebody, it's not that hard to do it. And the NSA says, unless it's an emergency. Well, if the United States government is convinced that the largest insurrection ever to happen since the Civil War was January 6th, and that came from Trump supporters and Trump supporters watch and listen to me, Tucker Carlson, you, well, then doesn't that doesn't that qualify in some twisted way to a, a dirty government that, yeah, they have the right to spy or to read emails and texts? Of course, excuse me, I'm sneezing. Of course they do. You know, they will find a way to justify whether they believe it or don't believe it. They can find a way to put down on paper the necessity, at least make the argument that this is something that they must do and they're authorized to do for national security. But because it's done in secret and through the FISA court where we usually never know what the justification is that's presented and we're never meant to know, we can't say whether they did it properly. We can't tell whether they manufactured information like they did against Carter Page, the Trump associate, to spy on him. Um, but I would say, Glenn, you know, I've been talking about this for years since I got the forensic proof that it happened to me. Without them ever being stopped and nobody being held accountable, of course we can expect more of the same. There's been no change, no deviation from the path of illegally and improperly spying on people. And in my case, you know, I learned through courts, I still have a case pending, but through a lot of court action over the years, I learned that government officials enjoy a great deal of immunity from their crimes or acts that they commit or oversee while in office. Congress would have to change the law to actually hold them accountable for some of these surveillance abuses. And none of that's been done. It is truly terrifying when you when you <clears throat> when you think and read, <clears throat> excuse me, what the president, the White House at WhiteHouse.gov has just put out <clears throat> on the way that they're going to attack domestic terror. They openly say they're going to be working with high tech to find those people who are insurrectionists extremists but also all those that they may have infected or affected uh and who the leaders are well all you have to do is define things a little differently than the average american which we're learning new definitions of everything right now so it's it's really uh more likely than possible uh when you see that and nobody is reacting, how do we save freedom? Well, it's a good question, and that's the problem with this crisis and confidence that's been created in our institutions and our law enforcement and our intelligence agencies. So many people think there are double standards, political motivations, that you know, it would be one thing if a trusted agency announced they were legitimately looking at these things, but we see through recent efforts in history and context that too often they are not, and that they're violating laws and policies to do the things that they're doing. So there's this great sense of this feeling of hopelessness and even chaos, I think, among those who would like to believe that there's a sense of law and fairness and that our intelligence community and law enforcement officials are going to be doing things fairly. But I, I think a lot of people know that that's not been the case. 
you have um you know we've had soros's people and everybody else i mean i have people going through my garbage etc etc um and they have done a good job of smearing me can you can you describe to the american people the difference between what's happened to me and then what's happened to you or could happen to tucker if the united states government is doing it well the united states government as you know has every tool at their disposal every advanced form of technology access through the telephone companies which they have been requiring to cooperate with them since prior to 2001 on collecting different kinds of surveillance i did a story that surprised me at the time on the former head of quest which is a phone company back in the day that mm-hmm. he said that they were all, all these phone companies already had dark contracts prior to 2001 from our intelligence agency worth hundreds of millions of dollars to collect information. And he said that in 2001, prior to the terrorist attacks, by the way, he was brought into a skiff because he, they would have these meetings, a skiff, a secure facility. He would have meetings with intelligence officials. And for the first time they asked them to do something he said on U S soil, collecting customer information for them that he said was clearly unconstitutional and illegal. This is again, 2001 prior to the nine 11 attacks. And when he refused to do it, the other phone companies, he said, went along, not only did they cancel their super valuable dark contracts with the company, suddenly he found himself charged by the federal government with insider trading. And he went to prison for a time. So I I think this is a really dangerous thing. The government has these tools and this, potential, I would call it blackmail material at their disposal. And then I would also point out to your listeners, Glenn, it's not just one operation, somebody that goes through an NSA database improperly, or FBI agents that turn in false information for a wiretap. There are many operations we now know about, including in my case, some of the spying that was done on me was done through a rogue team out of the Baltimore U.S. Attorney's Office under Rod Rosenstein. And we know that from a former federal agent involved, as well as the forensics. So there's all kinds of teams, dark groups, rogue operations that could be doing different aspects of this kind of spying and all connected to the government. Give me some hope. What is being done to I mean, I've had I've had congressmen and senators come to me and say that they have been uh, they've received veiled threats uh, from the intelligence community when they're in small groups uh, people have come in and said we have some information uh, that uh, some of your colleagues and you may be in this room uh, are working uh, with foreign governments and we just want you to know for your protection uh, we are uh, we're monitoring things but uh uh, just know that we're on it. And they they received that as a threat. One of them said, are, are you telling us you're monitoring all of our communications? And the response was, I'm I'm not at liberty to say one way or another. And they took that as a threat, whether they're following through with that or not. Uh, they are members of Congress that truly believe that they are being watched and listened to. And when you have that kind of a system against you, you have no chance of of doing the right thing, you know, in Congress and standing for the people. You don't you don't stand a chance. Well, let me tell you a couple of incidents that have been documented. 
We know that in 2009 that the Intel community, the NSA, secretly recorded and listened in on Democrat Congresswoman Jane Harmon because somebody ultimately leaked her name to the press as well as some recordings. Same thing happened to Dennis Kucinich, a congressman, another Democrat. This happens to both parties. This is not something that's isolated to one over time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fact. And then I was told some years back by a staffer for a top member of the Senate, kind of similar to what you're saying, that they were called in, these staffers, by Intel officials and told, we're going to be looking at your phone records. Again, this is something people kind of accept now in a way, I think, which they shouldn't. This is stunning that our intelligence agencies would be listening in on members of Congress and their staff. This is something that should never happen. And the staffer told me they were just stunned to be told that this was going to happen. And I said, well, did anybody in the meeting, any of these congressional staffers speak up and tell these intelligence people not to do it? And he said, no. And I said, why not? He said, we were afraid we would look guilty of something if we did, because supposedly Hmm. the intelligence officials were looking for leaks to the press or something. So nobody wanted to say no for fear of looking guilty. And, and this was years ago. I think they've been doing that ever since, and we're probably doing that prior to that and collecting all kinds of information that, yes, could conceivably be used against members of Congress and their staff. Cheryl Atkinson, if you have not uh, seen her investigative uh, work recently, uh, make sure you follow Full Measure. Uh, it comes out once a week, and it is really good. Also, her books are tremendous. Her latest is Slanted. Uh, you can find her at CherylAtkinson.com. That's CherylAtkinson.com. Or you can follow her on Twitter at Cheryl Atkinson. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Appreciate it. God bless. Thanks. Take care. So last week, the Fed finally admitted that they were wrong about inflation. Hmm. They should have listened to my program. Maybe spared them some embarrassment. Also, the reverse repo overnight lending market this is something that it's complex you don't really need to know all of it except uh when the banks don't have enough to cover you know any kind of shortage overnight they have to borrow money and it used to be a shameful thing you know i need i need uh, 25 million dollars well it's not a shameful thing anymore and the banks are saying we can't cover all of our all of our you know bets, if you will, overnight if something goes wrong. So they now uh, the Fed is just uh, giving them money. It is now eclipsing one trillion dollars a night, every single night. That's not a good sign. If you're paying attention, I urge you, please call Goldline and find out how precious metals can protect you from volatility. I, I, I'm not exactly a fan of the banks. I'm not a fan of, uh, of cash money right now. I just, anyway, Goldline, call Goldline. They're giving away free silver with their popular graded $5 Liberty coins. These are the ones that I buy. They're the gold coins. And I buy them for their historic value. 
Um, but I also buy, I also buy them for a hedge against insanity. With every box of 20 gold $5 liberties acquired, you will also receive 20 of the famous mind your business silver bars at no additional cost. Don't hesitate. They're waiting to hear from you right now. 866 goldline, 866 goldline or goldline.com. 10 seconds station ID. So what do you think of this NSA stuff, Stu, with Tucker Carlson? I think I'm sort of with you in that we're probably on the same story arc here. And that if you would have asked me this 15 years ago, I would have thought he was just making it up or that he was uh, mm-hmm. hyper uh, paranoid. Right. It, going through, you know, not only, uh, you know, the stuff that we've gone through over the past, uh, you know, couple decades now. But also, in you know, when you look at the Snowden stuff, when you look at all of these leaks that have come out, they have so much more access to your information than we ever would have imagined. Even if they're not specifically targeting Tucker Carlson um, in the way that he's alleging, they scoop up so much information that they surely have access to it, and it only takes one rogue employee to to uh to yeah. go through that and 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 try to maximize the political impact yeah it may not have come from the nsa top but uh, a rogue employee or a group of people who are like we got to stop this guy um they i believe that absolutely could happen and is happening and and there's a chance it is happening from the top i mean you know we now find out that julian assange one of the witnesses lied for the fbi what's next You know, what won't they do? All right. If you need a snack, uh, you can reach for a piece of fruit. We've got bananas. We have we have apples. We have oranges. I don't want one. Jeez. Carrot mongers and these people that are forcing rabbit food down our throats. I would like something sweet and not so natural. Well, I can't help you on the not so natural thing, but I can give you the sweet Built Bars taste like candy bars. They do. And that's because the people at Built Bar, they start with taste first. Protein bars, we got to make something healthy. Well, <laughs> Built Bar starts out, we've got to make something that tastes good and is good for you. Protein bars, the Built Bar figured out early on, when you create a healthy snack, flavor comes first, and that's what they have done. It's great. Plus, it's low-calorie, low-carb, high-protein, high-fiber, nine amazing flavors. Check them out now. Built.com. Have a snack that you'll actually enjoy. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and save 15% on your next order. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. It's a new Glenn TV and a new Studios America tonight. Tonight, the Wednesday night special, the facts you need to know about the left's urgent green takeover of American life. 
You'll kind of feel the effects of it if you're traveling anywhere and you're driving there. Uh, these are the highest gas prices we have had in seven years, and they're only going up from here. The White House is working overtime on the Great Reset of Energy. But there are some dirty secrets and some very inconvenient truths about the green agenda to save the world. And we will show you what they are and what your future looks like. You know, right now in California, um, they are they're driving to have 100 percent zero carbon power by 2045. They already can't meet their own demand for electricity. They've banned the sale of gas vehicles by 2035. Um, the electric vehicles. Where is that electric electricity coming from? The magic box in the wall. It's magic. It just uh, energizes my car and my blender and uh, all my lights. Yeah, that's probably coming from a coal fire plant someplace. Dummy. Anyway, they're planning on shutting down the last nuclear power plant in four years. Uh, that plant can, uh, uh, produces 10% of California's electricity. But it's going to be fine because we got the magic uh, box in the wall. You just plug it in and that's all that to happen to you. You're already play- paying about three times more than the average in America if you live in California. And what is happening there is coming to the rest of the country. We'll give you all that information tonight at 9 on my Wednesday night special only on Blaze TV. There's also another um, another show. Elijah uh, is doing a show. And is that posted yet? Is that up? With uh, with Alex uh, Jones, I almost said Alex Trebek. Very different people. It's happening on this Sunday. Is that right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, he he went to uh, he went to Alex Jones' studio and had a conversation with him. Well, I'm not a fan of Alex Jones. He's not really a fan of mine. Um, but. The Blaze believes that you should hear a diverse range of voices. Um, and uh, so uh, Elijah went out and uh, interviewed uh, Alex Jones. And apparently I came up in the conversation. Is that right, Stu? <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Which is I, 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 neither of us no. have heard the full clip. So I don't know what this is about. But but listen to this. You know, I would love nothing more than to see Glenn Beck, who, who does a great job literally fully energized with hatred for the new world order endowed with the power to crush Satan. And I'm ready to invoke. (laughs) I'm ready to bring him into the club and give him lightning from Zeus. If you really wanted to give Glenn Beck. It's like Unicron gives, gives, gives Megatron the power to become Galvatron. I am ready to literally give Glenn Beck a new body and troops. I am so confused. I'm used to I'm used to recording out of a broom closet. This this set is so complex. I don't know what to do. I'm ready to give Glenn Beck a new body and troops to command. (laughs) I I don't even know. I don't know what any of that means. I I don't know what. Well, I am looking for a new body, but uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the magic pill will come and make me in shape. Because I refuse to do exercise or eat right, so. Mm. Um, but I don't think Alex is the guy to give me the new body. Yeah, I don't and know. The if you troops. Guys... I'm not really looking for the troops. I feel I'm like... not really one to command troops. It's not a good idea. I feel like <laughs> if there was a, a body switch movie made be with you and Alex Jones, it would be pretty uneventful. I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eh, I kind of look the same. Right. I don't know. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Stu. I appreciate it. Um, may I ask, speaking of another Jones, um, may I ask, Stu, did the Me Too movement get all the bad guys? I mean, I think we've gotten to the point where all of the bad guys must be out now. Unless because you happen to be on the left. Then there's plenty of them left. But uh, the, they did not necessarily. Well, are there plenty of them? Because they're now looking at Indiana Jones, a fictional character <laughs> in a fictional movie that uh, I guess through the fiction uh you know first made it with what what was her name karen allen uh what was her name in the in the first movie anyway remember she's there and she's drinking the mongols or whoever you know drinking them under the table and she says uh oh and he walks in indiana jones you hurt me you took my childhood you knew you were doing wrong and yet you did it yeah we have this we Mm -hmm. have the clip here we have the clip of this oh Oh, we do oh play it play it Indiana Jones. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected. I learned to hate you in the last ten years. I never meant to hurt you. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. You knew what you were doing. Now I do. This is my place. Get out. Mohan, Temigaru, Bolianu. I did what I did. You don't have to be happy about it, but maybe we can help each other out now. Hmm. Wait. Hmm. Wait a minute. What? What happened? Wait. I- well, Karen <laughs> Allen has come out, <laughs> and uh, she said that she, she wasn't pedophilia, but she was 16. <laughs> As Marion, not not as Karen, mm-hmm. uh, but as Marion, she was 16 and Indiana Jones was 26. And we all know that's wrong. And yet it was in the movie anyway. And it's uh, it shows how how sexist we still are, because nobody said, wait a minute. Yeah. How old was she? <laughs> Uh, and by the way, she uh, seems so, to be cool about that. Like, she's like, it wasn't pedophilia. She's blo- There's a controversy brewing about the fact that this fictional character was too young for whatever interaction Indy had with her back in the day. And she's saying, like, look, that's a dumb way to look at this. I mean, she does seem to be appropriately blowing it off. But it is a an actual controversy online that this yeah. is this was this should not have been among in there. people. Among people whose skin is probably being just uh, becoming one with their couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, those people are probably upset. I mean, they have nothing else to do but look at a fictional character. By the way, it was said in the 1930s. In the 1930s, it was not unusual mm. for kids to get married and older guys to marry kids. It wasn't unusual back in the 1930s, unless you're looking at a fictional 1930s where that wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, yeah. I will say this. Yeah. I will say this about, about this controversy. Mm-hmm. I never noticed it watching the movie i never put together that he he was saying essentially that they were 
together when she was very young. Like it was just like a, you know, she was, it was, it didn't seem to be inappropriate at all. However, Glenn, there's no way they make that movie with that line in it today. There's no, there's absolutely no chance that no, it would be in there. You know, according to the transcripts on when they were writing it, um, George Lucas said, uh, uh, let's see, Lawrence Kasdan, one of the writers said, I- I'd like it if they already had a relationship at one point, because then you don't have to build it. Lucas said, I was thinking this old guy could have been, uh, it could have been his mentor. He would have known this little girl when she was just a kid, had an affair, maybe when she was 11, just George Lucas, uh, Kasdan <laughs> said, and he was 42, <laughs> Lucas said, well, he hasn't seen her in 12 years. Now she's 22. Uh, and it's a real strange relationship. She'd be- Spielberg pipes in. She'd better be older than 22. <laughs> Lucas, okay. Okay, he's 35. And he knew her 10 years ago when he was 25. And she was 12. I don't know what's Wait, going on what? with Lucas. Uh, he is... Um, Lucas says, it'd be amusing to make her slightly younger at the time. Spielberg says, and promiscuous. She came on to him. Lucas, okay, how about 15? That's right on the edge. I mean, (laughs) what is happening here? (laughs) The the villain here is Lucas. I mean, how about we make her eight? And he was 71. (laughs) Who funded this money? Jeffrey Epstein? I don't understand. (laughs) It's crazy. Wait, uh, it's crazy. There's something to this, though, in that, like, the the standards have changed, right? Where, like, you go back to the 80s, and there's just multiple songs about hooking up with 17-year-olds that were popular. Like, it was just the thing that, that you're bands 16, sang about. You're 16, you're beautiful, and yeah, you're mine. mine right? Ringo Straw. Yeah, Ringo Starr. Uh, She's Only 17 by, by Winger. Um, Stray Cats did uh, She's Sexy Winger. and She's 17. Like I, this was a thing. <laughs> can I can I just remind you that Jerry Lee Lewis had his career destroyed not because he he married somebody who I think was fourteen or fifteen, um, but because she was also his first cousin. That's the thing that <laughs> we don't marry cousins here. It wasn't that. You're an old man. She's like 12. What are you doing? Yeah. No, no, no. It was that they were cousins. <laughs> I mean, it seems like both are good reasons not to, to marry someone. It's just a <laughs> general rule of I thumb, know. I suppose. Uh, yeah. But well, I, think, no. I, I think this is the... This is the death knell of the Me Too uh, uh, movement. I think we've caught we've caught all we caught everybody. <laughs> now we're down to fictional characters. We've caught everybody. Once you get to fictional characters who are actually somewhat within the the standards of the 1930s, uh, you're probably yeah. past the, the utility yeah. of your movement. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, the response from the Federalist that came out yesterday. Uh, that that wrote to the NFL, dear NFL, if football is queer, why haven't you signed Megan Rapino? I think is the mm. best response I've read to the NFL. Don't tempt that them. football is do queer. No, please don't I- tempt them. <laughs> they will oh, do it. Please do it. Please do it. All right. In a war- world full of grillers, the Rectech owner is king. Welcome to the 21st century, where your grill can be smarter than you are. (laughs) 
where smart grill technology you know what's funny is this has smart grill technology so when it comes to cooking food it is smarter than me uh but when you come to cuomo i think his regular dumb grill is just that hunk of metal that's all rusted over and still has uh pieces of burnt hamburger on it i think it's smarter than me hey what Anyway, smart technology ensures that whatever meal you throw at the Rectech, it's going to come out perfect and delicious. Where stainless steel reigns supreme, your Rectech stands sturdy and sleek, beautifully designed by the type of people who take grilling seriously. This will change the outcome of your dinner if you are a griller, because it is smarter than you are with the smart technology. Find it. Find it right now at Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. A-B compare against the best grill you can find elsewhere. You will settle with a Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, we welcome you to the show. I'm uh, taking vacation uh, for uh, the next few days and into next week. Um, I guess we, 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 we couldn't find anybody good to fill in. So Stu and Pat will be <laughs> thank filling you. in for me. Uh, wow. Thank you for that vote of confidence, Glenn. I, yeah, I well, it. you know, mm-hmm. it's just the way I roll. So good luck and don't hold it against me. I mean, <laughs> good God, man. I can't keep doing this every day. <laughs> Somebody with much less talent has to come in from time to time. Yes, that's very true. So you have a vacation coming up and part of this vacation are you doing the car show thing on the vacation? Yeah, I saw so you I'm, post uh, a picture on Instagram. Yeah, last there's night. this. Yeah, it's uh, it's the car that I hope will you know get me and some of my conservative friends over a border someday if we <laughs> if we have to. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, I'm doing this car show because my son and I we we want to start doing you know car shows, and I got this this car that. My father and I made a model of when I was probably seven years old, and I've always thought this is just a beautiful car. Um, it's a race car from the 1930s, uh, and it's a boat tail. It's just, it's beautiful. And I called Jay Leno and got his advice, and I was like, Jay, what do you think? You know, I, I'm not you. I can't make, I don't have a team of people that can fix it. And he's like, uh, well, let me start here. Are you going to drive it or are you going to sit it in a garage? And I'm like, no, I, I want to drive it. And he's like, okay, will you share it or are you going to keep it to yourself? And I'm like, no, I mean, I, are you going to come and get me and beat me up? If I, you know, what what is does he it? think you're going to be a hostile driver? What does he, what does he think you're going to do yeah, with it? I know. No, he, he just believes that old cars should be driven and old cars should be shared because they're so cool. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thrilled that I can share this. Otherwise, Jay Leno will come and hurt me, I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, it is, uh, it's where I'm going to be in Logan, Utah this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. At the Cash Valley, uh, the Cash, yeah, Cash Valley Cruise Inn. Uh, there's like seventeen thousand people come to it, and they, you know, people have their cars and all kinds of different cars, and I'm, I'm really excited. I love. Rafe and I have gone to car shows, and I love the fact that everybody is equal, 
and everybody is just fascinated with cars. Some people know a lot about them. Some people know nothing. And yet there's hmm. there's no class division. They were not talking politics, nothing. It's just about the cars now, and I've, history. I I've love it. seen the picture of your car. When you say everyone's equal, everyone has one of those? Because lo- that looks to be quite a, a rare and... And, and impressive automobile. I'm surprised to hear that everyone there has one. How I didn't say everyone would exactly? have the same. Well, some <laughs> might have a car that is more equal than others. Right. Animal Farm. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm fortunate. To, this is the only one of these cars in the Western Hemisphere. There's only two of them uh, in existence. And it, it is, it's amazing. But I honestly... I go up to other cars where people have taken... This was a barn find. Same thing with their car. You got an old Mustang. I'm in love with it. An old Cadillac that you redone. I'm in love with it. That's what I mean. We're all just... We're car freaks. And I blame Jay Leno, honey. For all the money we're spending, I blame (laughs) Jay Leno.